Hello, and welcome back to the Holistically Awakened podcast. I'm your host, Laurent Tenez. And today, before we get into our interview with Emily, all around PCOS and nutrition, I want to remind you guys that my PCOS Sync online membership is coming next month. So April, super, super soon, should be launched in the next few weeks. And I had a few questions about what is this? Who is this for? So I definitely wanted to go over that really quickly. So this is basically your online community, your holistic portal that's at your fingertips. It's accessible on your phone, super easy to navigate, and you have access to that uh, throughout the month. And so this is going to include a private forum so you can ask questions, interact with others, going through a similar journey. I think it's really important to be really surrounded by empowered people, positive people um, who are really wanting to better their lives because that makes a huge difference on your well-being, but also your motivation, your ability to, you know, implement these changes and everything. You're going to have holistic guides, holistic activities around lifestyle, mindset, nutrition, all of these sorts of things for your health. You're going to have audio and video lessons, nutrition guides, a database of PCOS friendly recipes from meals to treats to snacks, etc. This is a monthly subscription membership, so you can cancel at any time. You have full instant access to the whole portal and the private chat forum. You have a database of all of these activities, PDFs, videos, lessons, recipes, etc. We will be launching coaching calls during the month, so stay tuned for that. You will get access to additional trainings and ability to ask questions. So you're really going to be learning about how to sync your diet and your lifestyle to support your hormones. This is really an introduction and a guide on how to live your life holistically so you can manage your PCOS naturally. So this is going to be looking at creating an environment that builds your health and happiness up, creating routines, applying the tools to put into practice into your own life. So with different tips, homework, you're going to become empowered by learning how you can work with your body with simple daily shifts. You're going to learn nutrition principles to ease confusion, ditch the diets, become more empowered by taking control of your PCOS and your life. So have a different perspective on your PCOS and your life and your health. Implement self-care into your daily routine to reduce stress and increase vitality. Also step into your feminine energy, which is really going to be important in terms of having healthy cycles, fertility, but then also happiness, well-being, showing up as the most empowered woman that you can show up as, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So there is a, going to be a lot in here. This is really for the person who is, you don't have to be newly diagnosed, but if you are new to PCOS, you feel lost on where to start, this is definitely something I would recommend. If you're new to the holistic approach to PCOS, you really want to go down that natural route, but you don't really know where to start. You want a little bit of guidance. You want a little bit of support. Um, you will have the community in there for that. You want a sense of community, a safe space to feel understood. So I, as mentioned, I believe that it's really important to be surrounded by people who are working to better themselves. And you're wanting to adopt a more natural approach to PCOS and actually stick to it with simple daily shifts. So without making it so complicated, you have the tools in here to look at, okay, what can I do to take care of myself, to nourish myself and really live in sync with my hormones and really live a healthy life. So if this is something that speaks to you, I would love to have you join us. This is going to be launched in a few weeks time. The best thing to do is to get on the wait list so that you're notified when it is launched and all of the details there. 
The link will be in the show notes if you guys want to get on the wait list. I'm super excited for this. If you have any questions at all, you can always email me through my email or DM me on Instagram. Otherwise, let's get into this episode with Emily. Welcome, Emily, to the podcast. I can't wait for this discussion today because we've been talking a little bit and been checking out your work and everything. And I think we do have very similar philosophies and ways of looking at PCOS. So I'm super excited to have this discussion with you today. And thank you so much for coming on. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. So I always start with asking, what's your story? Because we never just get to where we are specifically in terms of helping others, coaching others, just because for no reason, there's always a story behind it. So I'd love for you to kind of share your story with PCOS and how you came to helping others with it as well. Awesome. Yeah. So um, I had no idea what PCOS was or anything about it until um, I had been married um, for a little while. We were starting to, you know, try for a baby. We wanted to have a family. And um, I never had any of the symptoms of PCOS prior to getting married. I mean, I know a lot of people have those through their teenage years, but for me, it during the first year of marriage, I started gaining a lot of weight. The I never had acne very bad as a teenager, but all of a sudden there it was. And, you know, all those things started popping up and I was like, what's going on? And then when it had been a year and we still um, weren't pregnant, uh, that's of course, when you go to the doctor and try and figure out why. And that's the first time I'd heard the term PCOS. And um, I had an experience probably so similar to so many people out there where I was told, okay, this is what you have. We're going to put you on uh, metformin. Um, we can do Clomid if you want to for, you know, see if we can get you to ovulate. But otherwise, um, if you lose weight, it will probably help. And they didn't say anything about why or how that works or how do you lose weight? Because of course, at this point, I'd already been on so many different diets trying to get rid of this weight that it crept on. And they didn't say anything about how or why or, or, and really it's not entirely doctor's fault because they don't have that information themselves. They just know that there's some kind of a correlation there. So anyway, several years later, after lots of infertility and just years and years of negative pregnancy tests and lost hope, we gave up, right? And um, it wasn't until a few years after that, there was a few years where I was just like, I give up on everything. <laughs> I can't solve this problem. There's nothing anyone can do. Medications don't help. Um, and then I just was looking at myself in the mirror and I thought, I don't like this and the diets aren't working. I'm just going to try eating better. And so I made just a few small shifts that helped me to lose about 30 pounds. And then I had the surprise of my life when I got that positive pregnancy test. And we had our little miracle baby. And of course, during the pregnancy, I went back to all my old habits and all of my old um, thing, you know, eating patterns and things like that, and put the weight right back on. Eating for two, you know, they say. So that's what I did, two or three or four, and <laughs> put it all back on. But this time when we had our baby and it had been a couple of years and we knew that we wanted another one, I knew what to do. And so I shifted my eating patterns again and just 
made myself a little bit healthier, a few more vegetables, less drive-in runs, and we had our second miracle baby. And so, of course, put all the weight back on again, went back to old, old habits, old patterns. Um, but when she was about a year old, that's when I had like my really big, big shift where I was looking in the mirror and I said, listen, I've done this twice. I need to understand number one, what I did. And number two, how I make this permanent. And so that's when I really dove headfirst into nutrition, studied everything I could find, went to school to become a health coach. And just through that process, um, I knew that I needed to help all those people who were in that desperate situation that I was in. Um, it's, and just, you know, help them understand that food is just the key. It unlocks everything. So that's how I am here now. Wow. Amazing. I love your story. And I also checked out your blog and you also share your story in your blog. So I encourage any listener, listeners who want to kind of read into that a bit more, who can really relate to check that out. Um, and there was one thing that you mentioned with what you were saying today, but also on your blog where you were saying that, you know, a lot of doctors will tell us to lose weight. It's going to help your PCOS symptoms, whatever. And as you mentioned, it can just be very frustrating because I hear this all the time from women. Like they just tell me to lose weight, but like, I don't know how, like, it's really frustrating. I'm like cutting calories and doing all of these things. And as you mentioned as well, it's not that, you know, doctors are just trying to be mean or anything. It's a lot of the time, there's just not the knowledge behind that, unfortunately. And for you and for me, we have a different approach. And this is what um, you talked about as well, where when you change the way that you eat, and your diet nutrition that actually supports hormones and nourishes your body, this can put PCOS symptoms into remission and including weight loss and, you know, all of those like stubborn symptoms that can really be debilitating. And so this is where it's not focusing on the weight loss, but we're focusing on health, which can result in weight loss. Because I think a lot of the time we tend to forget that weight loss is just a symptom like Mm -hmm. any other symptom of underlying imbalances. So it's really about getting to the root cause. And I love that you really had that mirror moment where it was about understanding, you know, how can I work with my body and then how can I make this sustainable? Because that's, I think one of the most, the biggest struggles for women, it's how can I stop falling off the wagon, right? Off Mm -hmm. these diets and all these types of things. So I love that. And I think a good segue into the next, kind of topic that we have from this is, well, how does food actually affect our hormones? Because I think um, we might not realize to an extent of how every piece of food or liquid that you put into your mouth (laughs) can actually translate into the physiology of your body, right? Yeah. Yeah. And there's so yeah, where do we start with that? How does food affect our hormones? (laughs) (laughs) The way that I like to explain it is, um, let's imagine just for a minute that you are building a house. And I don't mean like paying someone to build a house, like you're building this house yourself, you're you're putting in the sweat equity, you're going to do it. And you go out and you buy all of your building materials. And for your building materials, you buy some balloons and um, some cardboard boxes you scrounged up somewhere and some duct tape and some sticks. And you're gonna go build a house, right? And compare that to you're gonna build a house and you go and you get concrete and you get two by fours and sheetrock and and all the things that you need to actually build a real house. Which one of those houses is going to stand? 
at the end of the day, right? And when we are hitting the fast food drive-through, we are giving our bodies crap materials to build our cells with, to build our hormones, to regulate processes. And our body is a, an amazing, amazing machine. It can take crap and it can keep us alive, right? But if you are not eating what your body needs in order to regulate your hormones, to build your cells, to you know, nourish your body, it's, it's gonna start falling apart. And for different people, different pieces start falling apart faster. So that's the way yeah. I like to start to explain it. I love that hundred percent. It's really the foundation, the building box, and we really need to start there. So you talked about in terms of, you know, processed foods, I think mm -hmm. that that is, it should be pretty obvious, but I think what I've been seeing a lot is that with these labels and these diets and these different approaches like vegan, keto, paleo, all of these things, mm -hmm. these trending labels and diets, I've seen it create a lot of confusion where I've heard things like I'm doing keto, I'm cutting carbs, I'm going vegan, whatever it is, but I'm not seeing results or I'm not losing weight or whatever. And a lot of the time we kind of take a, a deeper dive and we see that, oh, it's actually a lot of like processed foods and not mm -hmm. so healthy foods. And so for me, it's really about going back to the basics because I think we overcomplicate things. Like it's almost like we feel like we need a label Sometimes this can go into a whole different discussion around like control and all that kind of thing. Um, but I feel like there's just so much information now and all of these opinions and people doing these diets. And then it's almost like we feel like we have to do a diet to be able to be healthy and to be able to control our health. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, like the labels and the diet. We, we could be like, we're like best friends now because you're like speaking my language. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can feel it. Yeah, yeah, it, it, you were so right. We overcomplicate it so much. If we can just go down to basic real foods. And um, I really love the thought, when I look at my plate, I like to kind of analyze each thing on my plate and just think how many steps has this food taken from nature to my plate? And um, there are some days that I, like there's this, this incredible sense of, of pride and um, I don't know, it, there's indescribable feeling. When I look at my plate, I'm eating breakfast and what I have on my plate is some spinach that I grew in my garden that I sauteed with some eggs from my chickens in my backyard that I know what they're eating and I know they're happy birds. Um, and everything on my plate has come from my yard and I know the process. Like it's that you, it doesn't get more local and fresh than that, right? And so that not only nourishes your body, but nourishes your spirit. That's a, a huge thing compared to some days. You know, we all have those days when cooking is like so, <laughs> just the thought of it, it just drags you down. You're like, I'm so tired. I don't want to. And you end up eating, you know, something that doesn't serve your body as well. Um, and you can look at that plate and you can say, okay, how many steps has this taken to get to my plate? And with a lot of those processed foods, it's so far separate where if we can just, you know, like you said, simplify, can I, instead of hitting the fast food drive through or, or ordering a pizza, can I pick up a rotisserie chicken? Maybe I didn't make this myself, but that and a bag of salad and 
enjoy that as my meal. That's faster. It's cheaper, just as easy. You know, just, I, I couldn't agree with you more. If we simplify it and just look at food as how can I make this as simple as possible, but also as nourishing as possible? We, we don't need the labels at that point because it just serves us well. 100%. And I think with hormones, so like a hormone-friendly diet, quote unquote, mm-hmm. for me and you, I think it's obvious. And from what we've just said, it's really about starting with whole food nutrition. Like, is it a whole food? Like, does it have an ingredient label? Let's try to avoid the ingredient labels as much as possible. Mm-hmm. But what are other criteria that you think make up a hormone-friendly diet? So what I like to look at and what I like to use with my clients as well, um, we tend to focus on, uh, first of all, blood sugar balance, because insulin is a hormone and it is a bully of a hormone, right? If Mm -hmm. your body needs to focus on insulin, it's going to put the reproductive hormones on kind of the back burner, like they're still there, they're still working, they're still kind of doing what they're supposed to, but your body's not paying attention. And those are wild children who are gonna just do what they want, right? If you're not paying attention to them. So insulin's got your full attention, but if you eat a blood sugar balancing meal, so you have some protein, you have some healthy fat, you have a ton of greens, you have your fiber, just whole foods, Um, that's really going to help your body shift its focus to those reproductive hormones. And then the second thing I like to work on with my clients is um, inflammation. PCOS is an inflammatory process. Most chronic diseases these days, I mean, they all touch inflammation in one way or another. And so focusing on so many of those beautiful vegetables and fruits and, and, you know, salmon and and olive oil, all those beautiful things that help bring down inflammation in our bodies. And of course, cutting out the processed foods that bring it up. Um, When you get those two into alignment, it is amazing what our bodies are capable of. Couldn't agree more. I think the number one thing that is an issue, I mean, for me, when I think about it, blood sugar balance for most people is not optimized. Like Mm -hmm. it can be out of balance so quickly and easily and not just by your food choices, but other choices as well in your lifestyle. So, and I think it's just like, it just creates this cascade of imbalances, inflammation, like all of these, this domino effect that can just make eating healthy even harder because when we don't have balanced blood sugar, we don't make the right decisions. We feel hangry, we feel Mm -hmm. irritable. We don't have patience. Like it just makes everything so much harder as well. So I hundred percent agree with that. And making sure that you know it's focusing on anti-inflammatory diet and i'd love to make things a bit more tangible for people because i think a lot of the time it's not so much maybe the knowledge of what you should be doing but like how to do it so i'd love for you to share maybe do you have some like top meal go-to's i know you're talking about like the greens and all that kind of thing but do you have any favorite easy meals that work well for you or your clients and that make things just like you know, easier for people to implement this kind of nutritious change or this diet change? Um, One thing that is my absolute go-to are green smoothies for breakfast, just because when you get those ingredients in your home, you just have them there. I mean, it's so easy to just dump everything in a blender and you can even take it on the go if you've got to get to work or wherever. Um, And if you if you get the, the right ingredients in there, you don't want a green smoothie that's just fruit 
and greens because you're that's going to spike your blood sugar like crazy. Mm -hmm. um, you need the protein in there. You need the healthy fats. Um, so on my website, I do have like anyone can go and get the the green smoothies. Um, some recipes that I have there specifically uh, for PCOS for balancing blood sugar and keeping you steady. So that's an option too. I love it. Yeah, that can make things so easy. I find that anybody, it doesn't matter who you are, has time to make a smoothie. Like it doesn't take that long. And the best thing is for picky eaters, like kids or whatever, mm -hmm. you can just put whatever you want in there and you could hide it. Like if somebody mm -hmm. doesn't like greens or, you know, vegetables or whatever, you can literally just dump it in there. Same things as soups. I think soups are great too, because you can put a lot of ingredients in there and then not even realize it's in there. So I love that. So moving on to PMS, I think we want to talk a little bit about, you know, diving deeper into the hormone balance, specifically PMS, because I don't know about you, but the more that I talk about this, the more I realize that I'm kind of a broken record when I say P PMS is not normal, mm -hmm. but we feel like it is. It's almost ingrained into women, in my opinion, to feel like crap, whether it be regularly or on a monthly basis it's almost like we just blame our hormones. Like, oh, I'm just a woman. I just have hormones and, you know, I have PMS and I just have to put up with it. Like I've heard a lot of women come to me and tell me that they feel like they just have to put up with whatever shit they're going through. And it just breaks my heart because it's absolutely not true. Like we're actually meant to thrive in our bodies. Doesn't matter if we're male or female, we are meant to feel good and our body knows how to do that. And so when we do have any symptom, whether it be PMS, weight gain, acne, whatever, it's really, again, just a symptom of imbalances and we really just need to listen and pay attention and, you know, do the appropriate thing that we need to do. So for you, I would love to get into some of the things that you love for PMS or maybe starting in terms of what do you think is worsening the, P the PMS sort of condition? Like, what foods might be worsening PMS? What foods might be really helpful to improve PMS symptoms? What are your thoughts around that? Awesome. Yeah. Oh, preach. I love it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, I've actually heard that um, our period is being called our fifth vital, vital sign. I don't know if you've heard this. Yep. I'll have to look it There's up. There's a book actually, um, the fifth oh, vital yeah. sign. Highly recommend. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That one. So yeah, if your period's out of whack, something is wrong. So it's, you're right. We shouldn't have to put up with it. Um, what I love is, um, I mean, I love to focus on uh, the particular vegetables during the second half of the cycle. If my clients are having a lot of these PMS symptoms, um, we do two things. We do seed cycling, which I think we're going to talk about in a minute. And then we do um, vegetables that are really going to help clear out any excess estrogen. Um, and so that really, we get rid of estrogen through our bowel movements, right? That's how we get rid of things that we don't need anymore. And if you are not regularly getting rid of that, it's going to reabsorb in your intestines. And it, it, that can become toxic. It can, you know, cause all of these problems. So we focus really heavily on the cruciferous vegetables. I never know if I'm saying that word right. The gardener in me wants to say the brass. Yeah. So we'll You're say doing brass. it right. You're saying it right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. But like the broccoli, the cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, kale, um, arugula, like all those things are really, really fantastic at um, balancing the blood sugar. 
Um, the phytonutrients in them are really great at helping with sugar cravings, right? Who craves chocolate right before their period? Oh, this could help with that, right? Mm -hmm. um, tons and tons of fiber to help move stuff out that's not serving us any longer. Just really amping those up. And then also root vegetables during the second half of your cycle are really great at helping to regulate things as well. So um, the beets, sweet potatoes, um, you know, carrots, all those things are, are really great things. And I find that if you are saying, okay, I know my period's coming soon, I'm going to focus on amping up all of these things. And I'm sure that you know this as well, and you probably talked about this before, but when you are, your focus is on adding in all of these things that really serve you well, all of the foods that don't just kind of get ignored and disappeared and pushed to the side. So that's kind of a beautiful thing that we don't have to worry about what not to eat because we just don't have time or room on our plate. Yeah. And I love that. You also went to IIN, didn't you? I did. Yeah. 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 I can tell because this is what we learn as well. And like a big approach in terms of like crowding out your plate, instead of just looking at what is everything I can't eat? And that doesn't work. That really is just into the diet mentality where it's kind of like when you tell a kid not to touch something, what does he do? He touches it, right? So it's like, that's how our brain works. Most of the time when you say you can't have something, it does the opposite, wants it even more. So yeah, I just love that approach of like, what can you add in? Because a lot of the time, if you're just giving yourself all of this nutrition, fiber rich foods, you're really nourishing yourself, stabilizing that blood sugar, getting all the nutrition that you need then you actually don't feel like you need anything else. And I see this time and time again with my clients as well. It's like, oh, actually, I didn't even want the thing anymore because I'm like, oh, I don't need it, right? So it's, exactly. I love that so much. So yes, definitely food can be such a game changer for PMS, specifically in the second half, like you mentioned. Yeah. If, if women do feel like they're having symptoms specifically around that time, um, it's again, it's kind of like a wake up call, like, okay, how do I need to nourish myself? And mm -hmm. I think um, one of the things that Lara Bryden talks about a lot in her book, um, Period Repair Manual, is your period is like your monthly report card. So if it comes and you're like not too pleased with it, then it's kind of like you want to look at, well, what's been going on in the past 30 days? How have I been nourishing myself? How have I been sleeping? Have I been, you know, reducing my stress? What's my lifestyle looking like? Diet, all of these types of things. So for me, I think it's just like a report card and it's just information. And then we want to use that information to apply different things you were talking about. And so I know that you're also somebody who's done, have you done seed cycling before? I, I do seed cycling. I've done it for years. Yeah. Awesome. Cause it's, yeah, it's something that I've done too. Um, from my research, it doesn't look like there's a lot of scientific evidence behind it, mm -hmm. apart from the fact that seeds do have different like nutritious profiles that can support, um, you know, our hormones at different times, specifically yeah. for women. So mm -hmm. that's why it's a thing because it's going to support whether it's, you know, healthy estrogen levels, healthy progesterone levels. And I would love to kind of dive into that a little bit. So for those who are listening, who are like, what? the heck is seed cycling? Um, give us a little bit of a, a summary on that. Okay. So in simplest terms, what seed cycling is, is eating different seeds at different sides, different times of your cycle to support the natural hormone balance. So um, really it just using food as medicine, medicine. And this is a practice that has actually 
I mean, like you said, it, there's not a lot of scientific evidence behind it, but it's been around for thousands of years as part of Eastern medicine. And so us here at Western medicine, they're just barely starting to, to play with it and to know what it is. Um, so the basic idea is from day one of your period and for the next 14 days, each day, you eat one tablespoon per day of pumpkin seeds, one tablespoon per day of flax seeds. Um, and the flax seeds should be ground. Um, and so it's really actually so simple, especially if you're doing the smoothies, you just throw in a tablespoon of each of those each day. Although frankly, for me, the pumpkin seeds don't make it in the smoothie because I just eat them because I love them. And then <laughs> starting on day 15, until the beginning of your next cycle, each day you do one tablespoon per day of sunflower seeds, one tablespoon per day of sesame seeds. And again, same thing, you just put it in a smoothie or you cook with it, or sometimes I'll do, I don't know, like a, a Buddha bowl and I'll put you know the seeds on the top or gosh, you can find me standing at the fridge with a jar of sun butter and a spoon, like that works too. Um, but the idea is seeds are incredibly nutrient dense. So many vitamins, so many mineral, minerals that we need to support our hormonal processes. And so eating these seeds at different times, our bodies obviously change throughout the month. Our nutritional needs change throughout the month as well. So by doing this, you're leaning into that and giving your body exactly what it needs. Now, it's not like a fix-all. If you do seed cycling and then you eat burgers and fries every day, you're still gonna have wacky periods, right? However, it is one really, really easy way to start. And that's what I love. So um, yeah, you just start doing that. And, and there are things you can do if like your period is wacky um, and you're not quite sure when your next period is gonna start um, that, yeah, we can touch on those as well, but that's like the basic idea. Yeah, I love it. And I think for me, it's like, well, these seeds specifically raw because we don't want mm -hmm. to have like, you know, the inflammatory oils and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm, yeah. um, they are so beneficial for health. So in any case, even if there's not specific research that shows like, yes, this can help balance estrogen and progesterone at these certain times and whatever, um, it makes sense because not only do healthy fats help us make healthy hormones, but they also have anti-inflammatory effects. Like these seeds can be rich in different nutrients, like zinc and all of these types of minerals and vitamins. And so it makes sense. And it's only can really be beneficial because it's just adding in you know, more healthy foods. So for me, it's kind of like, why not try it? And I've seen so many women as well, including myself, see whether it be moderate to profound effects from it, which is pretty crazy, yeah. specifically with the cycle. But have you seen, um, have you seen a benefit like PCOS symptoms? Um, so for me specifically, I had already solved most of my PCOS symptoms before I started seed cycling, but I was having, um, I'm in my forties now. Um, I, after my last baby, I, I did have a tubal and between those things, my period was getting heavier and longer. And I actually talked to my OB about it and she, I love my OB, but again, like doctors don't get this information, but basically what she said is, oh, that's what happens as you age, especially after a tubal. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, okay. But then I found seed cycling and all of a sudden my periods are, they're not heavy anymore. They are um, 
regular, like 28 days on the dot, no matter what. Um, and just so much less heavy. Like it's, it's um, like life-changing. I will never stop doing this because it has changed my life so much and because it's so simple. And then in the lives of my clients, I can't tell you how happy it makes me each time I get a message saying, I just got my period on my own. I didn't know this could happen. And I get messages like that on the, like weekly. And it's just so exciting each time because it can help your body to regulate cycles. It can reduce all these symptoms. Like, you know, I never thought that I would forget that I was on my period, right? But you do because it just, mm -hmm. it doesn't affect you as much. It feels so good. It feels normal. Oh, I love that you mentioned that. And because I think it's just, you can't really believe it until you experience it as well. So for instance, me, I can relate to that with like the clockwork cycles. I forget I'm on my period a lot of the time too. And it doesn't really affect like my day-to-day -day life as it did before. And this is something that every woman can experience and should be able to, because as I mentioned, like we are meant to thrive in our bodies. And it just drives me nuts when I hear things like that, like, oh, this is normal. It's part of being a woman or it's part of aging. And I just call total bullshit on that because <laughs> you can literally become healthier and even look better and feel better as you age. Like I've know so many people who've experienced that and it's just, it really gets down to, well, what are you putting into your body? How are you living? Are you living in harmony with your cycles and all that type of thing? because at the end of the day, it's really, that is like the foundation to health, right? So I'm so glad you brought that up. And I love your story so much because it's so empowering. And I think it's just such an important message for women, especially with PCOS, where it can be really frustrating, debilitating, it can feel, you know, hopeless. And I'd love for you to share as we wrap up today, is there anything like a message or anything that you wanted to add or share for listeners specifically who feel like, they feel a little stuck or they feel a little hopeless or they feel like their body is just like betraying them. They don't really know what to do. Like, do you have like a message for these women? Oh goodness. Really? That's a I lot. Wish... I know. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that there was a way to like reach through the screen and just give them a big hug and explain that there is hope and it is not through the torture of our bodies and the starvation of our bodies and through you know all of these horrible things there's hope through love when you are showing yourself love by eating nourishing foods when you are you know you can look at a salad one of two ways you can look at it and be like i'm eating this rabbit food because i let myself get fat and you can abuse yourself in that way right or you can look at it and say, look at these super nourishing greens and all of these beautiful things. And I, I made it in a way that is delicious to me. And I'm nourishing my body because I love myself and because I deserve love. Or I'm exercising this morning, not because I'm trying to beat myself into a certain shape or size or number, but I'm exercising this morning because man, it feels good to move my body. And man, my day is gonna be so much better because I did this thing for myself, because I love myself. I, I just want to somehow reach through and hug all these women who are just in need of more than nourishing food or exercise or anything like that, but they, they are in need of that dose of love um, that changes everything. 
I couldn't agree more. And I think that this episode and this conversation was a virtual hug. So thank you for that. <laughs> um, and I do agree with that. I think that as we talked a lot about food today and it's really a foundation and you know, the way we're living, but at the end of the day, I do see this time and time again, I've experienced this myself. It's really coming from nourishing ourselves, but it's not just about food. It's about, we are literally craving this love specifically women and even more so women with PCOS and yes, you know, healthy relationships, all that type of thing, all these things are important, but at the end of the day, it's really about what is our relationship like with ourselves and I love that you brought that up too. You know, when you're looking at what you're eating, are you looking at yourself in the mirror? It's how can we start to develop that relationship with ourselves to create a really safe nourishing relationship that starts with the self. So I thought that was just something that was really important to bring up. And I love that you brought that up through the conversation. And thank you so much for coming on, for everything that you do, for sharing your work, your story. I would love for you to share where we can find you, where we can get into contact with you, where are you hanging out? Just let us know all the details. Awesome. Great. So my website is healthbyemily.com. Um, and I also love to hang out on Instagram on, on there. I am at healthbyemilya. Um, so go find me there. Um, yeah, those are really the main spots on my website. I've got those green smoothie websites or green smoothie recipes. Oh, sorry. And that will get you on my mailing list so we can keep in touch. Um, yeah. So, and I really love, honestly, um, when I can, I love it when people email me specific questions. Um, and I try to respond to as many of those as I can. So don't hesitate to reach out Emily at helpbyemily.com. Amazing. Thank you so much. I'm linking the website and your Instagram in the show notes so we can go follow you, stalk you, get all the things. Um, and again, thank you so much for coming on. I so appreciate your time and just sharing all of your knowledge and this virtual hug that was much, much needed. Well, thank you. It's been wonderful. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope you loved it. And as usual, if you do enjoy the episode, the podcast, I really appreciate a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It really helps my podcast reach more people who need it and to spread my message. So I really appreciate your time for tuning in and I can't wait to share what's coming next, next week.